0: here we are olivia Smoliga. welcome to the podcast how are you
1: i'm good thank you brett for having me how are you yeah i'm
0: good i'm good now listen i'm very appreciative of this because i don't get many georgia or florida swimmers come onto my podcast Do you know why why i don't know i mean you tell me
1: (laughs) i have no idea (laughs) what's the hang-up i don't know i don't know I'm, i'm happy to pave the way though if i'm the first hopefully some will follow
0: I appreciate it. Listen, I've been, okay. I've been tracking down Jack Bowley for a while. I think what I need to do is I need to just fly down to Georgia and pin him and in, in his office and just set up a camera and get him. Cause I, look, I think Jack is one of the all time greats. A lot of people talk about, you know, the greatest coaches of all time. And Eddie Reese is one of the first names that come up, but I don't understand why Jack Bowley isn't in that same conversation. Wouldn't you agree?
1: Yeah. I mean, I would say he's in that conversation. Um, I think maybe just the the legacy that Texas men uh, swimming and diving has created over the years is incredible. Um, but yeah, you definitely have to track down Jack. You have to get him on deck and um, just put the camera right in his face because he's a busy man. He He's called the mayor of Athens um, for a reason. So, you know, yeah, he's, he's definitely up with the greats, I would say, 100%.
0: Yeah. I mean, absolutely. He's been there. I don't know. What is it now? Like 45, six, seven years. He's been there a long time. Yeah. Right. And then think of, think of the influences that he's had. Think of the people that have gone on to become whatever they've become in life because of Jack, but, but also think of the number of Olympians that he's had. I mean, it's just ridiculous. The influence that he's had on American swimming really.
1: Yeah. Um, and it's cool too, because at a lot of programs, And Georgia's no exclusion. A lot of great swimmers out of high school will come and swim to Georgia as they do at many programs. But I think what is really special about Jack is that he will have swimmers come in that are okay um, from high school and the way that he molds them into being greater than themselves is something that i think is almost immeasurable um you'll have a walk-on who makes secs who then makes ncaas at the last chance to meet it's just this um this the trust that he has and knowing that through all the hard work that the swimmers do at georgia he just has this really great belief that it's possible for them and so i'm just lucky enough to have been a part of a little bit of his incredible legacy
0: yeah. All right, do this. Um. Give, give give Georgia some love, okay? You you chose Georgia for a reason. Let's start with Georgia right now. Um, you spent, what, eight years there or something. You made a couple of Olympics, you know, world championships. Um, had a tremendous amount of success at, at Georgia. So talk to me about what makes that program so great. Why did you choose to go there in the first place?
1: Yeah, like I mentioned just a little bit earlier, I think what makes Georgia so great is its coaching staff, first and foremost. Uh, like I said, the way that Jack and the rest of the coaching staff are able to take swimmers um, work ethic as the top priority in order to attain success, Um, you know, because swimmers can come in and they're okay, or they're walk-ons, like I said, and then they're able to, you know, drop significant amounts of time, make conference, make NCAAs. And um, I think that's a testament to just uh, that culture, uh, as well as to, uh, a great balance. It's a great balance of that. Um, you're no better than the next man um, who you're training with. Um, and also you had incredible studs there too. So it's like you have this balance, it's almost a paradox, but you want to continue to get better because you have Olympians on deck or Olympians in the history of the program. Uh, you have national championship banners hanging up on the pool deck that you see every single day. So it's a different type of aura than I was used to um, coming out of high school because my high school team was super small. The highest we finished at our high school state was fourth place. And I wanted, you know, I just always wanted to jump in the pool with a trophy. And I was able to do that at Georgia. And I can't show them enough love. Not only was I able to be a national champion there individually and as a team, um, to make two Olympic teams under that program over the eight years, like you said, Mm. um, is so cool. And I I definitely am reflective on it when I get asked. Um, And, yeah, I'm just – I think that's just a testament to the team and, and the dreams that collectively we had. Um, not only as a college program, but then when we were a uh, postgraduate program, mm. I would argue that we had one of the best in the country. It was like 10 of us um, going into 2020. So
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. You guys performed outstandingly too. So well, what about you? What is it about you that they were able to get the best out of you? What are the qualities that make you who you are, you think?
1: Um, well, I think... Uh, When I committed, I definitely uh, am not the person I am today. I think that has Mm -hmm. everything to do with, you know, yeah, growth, uh, maturity, hopefully just going through the ups and downs of sport. And as you just get older, um, yeah, you just grow in that way. But I think, like I had mentioned, my, my drive and desire to be in Georgia was uh, when Jack and Brian had come to visit me on a recruiting trip, then Steph Williams uh, shortly after, um, came and, and visited and said that they are a national championship winning team, that they create Olympians. And that was just super enticing to me. So it brought out the best to me because brought out the best in me because they saw my potential and they believed that I could reach it. And you know, you can believe in yourself all day, you know, 24 seven. But I think it's also important. The reason why we have coaches is to bring it out more in you. Mm-hmm. And that's what they did for me. Um, so, and on top of all of that, it was just, you had to show up like at practice every day, like you, it, the women's team at Georgia, when I was a freshman, I, I, I only heard stories, you know, before I was a freshman about how Cutthroat, they were. I mean, you know, like the women at Georgia did not play around. And um, I, Melanie Margalis was a senior when I was a freshman. Um, and then the sophomores when I was a freshman were Brittany McLean, Haley Flickener, and her Annie Zoo. And these are just workhorses. So you just, you couldn't, you couldn't, you know, just be like, yeah, I want to make the Olympics and, you know, mm. just think about it you had to like be about it so um
0: yeah i was gonna say that i mean a lot of people talk about wanting to be in an environment like that but you actually thrived in that environment it brought out it brought out the olympian in you it brought out the best in you so was that was that something you noticed in yourself before you got to georgia that you were craving that type of environment that that higher level of um i mean is this is this something again that that you know, the way that you were raised, is there something about your childhood that helped you thrive in that environment?
1: So, uh, I definitely thought that I was gonna, that I wanted to be about it, but when it Mm -hmm. came down to it, it was a challenge every day. I remember Mm -hmm. my freshman year, as I hadn't trained long course in high school, I hadn't lifted much. I did like, um, plyo band. Mm -hmm. you know, dry land type of stuff, but I'd never like actually Olympic lifted, hadn't done long course. So, I mean, I came in thinking that I was really like that girl, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. And I was at the end of the lane for three months, I think, you know, uh, at the beginning of the season, my freshman year. Um, And I had moments like that throughout my college career. Um, So I mean, through my childhood or how I was raised, especially, um, I think my parents always instilled in me that you have to work hard in order to be successful. There's no shortcuts to that. Mm. But like everything is also perspective and how you feel is subjective. So I thought I was working hard before Mm. I came to Georgia. I thought I was really grinding before I did, you know, because that's all that I knew. But when I came to Georgia it was just like a wake up call and I was like I got to if I could give myself any advice then that I know now it was it would be to just try to stay in my lane as much as possible and compare myself to myself as opposed to the girls who are cuz it was like a 200 500 program mm. still is you know mm. um but I was really trying to compare myself and compete to those girls who were just crushing like Threshold sets, for example, or I am sets, for example, where I should have just compared myself to 17-year-old Olivia and mm. then just kept going at my own pace. But I think it also catapulted me into, um, th- you know, the opposite catapulted me into being able to kind of like have, you know, in my, what's it like? Um, portfolio or whatever you know Mm -hmm.
0: so Mm -hmm. yeah what about the the speed balance there i mean you you talk about it being a 200 500 focus but you're a speedster you're you're a sprinter let's say in in a program that's more middle distance based so how were you able to thrive and and get what you needed was there a particular person that you trained under at georgia
1: yeah so i trained with brian smith throughout Mm -hmm. my college career and that was uh, sprint group um, and who I trained with, Chantal Van Landingham, Maddie Locus, mm. um, Chelsea Britt. When she after she had transferred, um, and they were all incredible training partners. But yeah, I was not in the middle distance so um, at that time. And yeah, I think sprint group grew as I was in college because I. I think I uh, probably not, I don't know if impolitely demanded that we do, like, more buckets or, you know, more sprint stuff, but I was young and, you know, I think, you know, but I had an incredible relationship with Brian, you know, and I, I miss him to this day. Um, but <clears throat> I think, yeah, when I was a freshman and sophomore, I wanted to do more sprint stuff, and then we ended up doing it. The program evolved as I I mean, I feel like it always evolves. It evolves, you know, every year with the new wave of people who come in. But, yeah, I was in spring crew for, yeah, okay, for four cool. years. So. Mm-hmm.
0: What about now? When you're when you're reflective on where you're at in your career now, what part of your career are you at? I mean, you talked about that freshman girl who didn't really know much, who had an attitude type thing. But where are you right now, you think?
1: Uh, yeah, I definitely had an attitude. Um, I'd <laughs> like to, yeah, um, where am I right now? I mean, I think, I'm, I think I'm trying to challenge myself um, and grow, I guess.
0: What, and- what is it that you haven't achieved? I mean, you're a world champion multiple times over. You're an Olympian. You've won Olympic medals, all sorts of things. I mean, you're NCAA champion. So it's like, what else are you trying to achieve?
1: Um, I think what I'm trying to achieve is I feel like I have a high standard for myself and what I want to achieve. I want to um, qualify in individual events. I want to be successful in those individual events. I feel like I know what I'm capable of and I want to see if I can do it so um i have achieved a lot but um i just want more i think as long as i'm healthy and i'm able to set new goals and see if i can reach them and surround myself with people who can help me reach them that's like what i'm gonna do
0: we individualize training in the pool so why not individualize your nutrition erica Barney of Barney wellness building will help you and your swimmers get exactly what each athlete needs through genetic testing and personalized nutrition plans So stop guessing what you should and shouldn't be putting into your body athletes within a few weeks have noticed they're recovering faster because they're fueling their body with what they need and staying away from what their body hates erica understands swimming she gets it she's worked with over 20 olympians including the fastest man in the world caleb dressel Group discounts are available. So go to Biney Wellness Building and get in touch with Erica today. That's Biney, B E I N E wellnessbuilding.net. Is that part of that change then to ASU of like, okay, I need something fresh. I need to kind of be stimulated in a, in a different way to maybe reignite, you know, this passion, these goals?
1: Yeah, 100%. Yeah. It, um, Changing and moving to ASU has given me really fresh perspective, and I feel like a I feel like a kid again, you know, because um, mm-hmm. it's just all new, and I'm I'm just like every practice I have not seen, you know. Um, mm. Swimming is swimming, of course, but it's it's different. Like I get to really be stimulated in so many different ways because I'm just not used to it. So I'm really like just learning new things every day. Um, which is just awesome.
0: Are you training under Bob Bowman specifically primarily there?
1: Yeah. Primarily with Bob and I've had some sprinkled in power practices with Rachel and the girls there.
0: Oh, that's interesting. You you mentioned Rachel, Rachel, uh, Stratton Mills. She doesn't get a lot of love and and attention because there's this Bob Bowman program, right? But so it's like. Talk to me about Rachel. What makes her so
1: great? She's incredible. Yeah. I mean, I knew Rachel actually way back 2011. She was a coach at junior worlds Mm -hmm. in Peru. right? And, um, so I kind of knew what she was about. She's just a kind of like a no BS person. And she, um, she's very. I mean, obviously, all the coaches I've worked with are smart, but she's just very um technically sound as the whole program at ASU is, um, in terms of giving me pointers and things like I said, I haven't heard before or maybe forgotten about and they've been introduced reintroduced to me. Mm-hmm. Um, but she's she's amazing. Um, I love swimming under her. And yeah, she uh I hope she gets a great credit because she's an amazing coach and i'm really happy to be able to work with her too
0: does she get a chance there to write her own workouts and so that you know that that's kind of a distinct workout of hers
1: yeah 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 so when i do power i yeah it's written by her
0: right right like i got some noise in the background i don't know what's going on outside my house right now (laughs) that's all right Um, what else about the change that has been refreshing for you? Anything else?
1: Um, yeah, you know, I've been on a lot of teams in my career and this team is amazing as well, just as, as, as the teams I've been on, but, um, they're very humble and hardworking and, um, just cool. I think they're just really cool people. And so it's just awesome to kind of just go to practice and be around that energy. And you're going to just show up and do your work and, and like, it's awesome. And being able to train outside, it really feels like just bliss, like every day, even if I'm hurting bad.
0: (laughs) Well, you've come from a program where there's been, you know, that, that men and women in, in the program, do you do better training with men, with women, or do you like the combination?
1: I like the combination. Um, Yeah, I mean, I think it's great to have men and women training together. I loved it at Georgia. Um, And here at ASU, I'm training predominantly with the men there. Um, And Haley Flickener is in that group. Sometimes Erica Lanning, Pac-12, Champ, in the 500 will be in that group too. Um, And then I have Rachel's group with those girls as well. I like the balance. I like different... um,
0: environments but yeah i like training with guys right what about this um you know this idea that you've had incredible success short course like as a as a world champion like when are we going to get you to become a world champion and olympic champion long course is that something that's that's been difficult for you that transition from the short to long has, has it been more difficult to see equal success is what i'm saying
1: Yeah, that's a really great question. I mean, exactly how you said, you know, what else am I striving for in my career? I would like to think that making those two short course and long course equal would be Mm. um, nearly at the top of my list because short course I just thrive on um, and I love it. I'm learned to love long course. I mean, you know, I've been training it now, I guess, closer to 10 years or so with long course. Cause like I said, I didn't really in high school, but, um, yeah. I, did you ask if I liked it?
0: Yeah. I mean, I guess uh, what are the areas of improvement then? Like, it, you know, you, you figured out the short course in, 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 ways that you've had success at the highest level, like winning world titles. And what I'm saying now is like, what's missing from kind of the winning the world title at the Olympics, let's say, you know, winning the Olympic games in the hundred backstroke.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think that comes with uh, resetting goals, restructuring, like if this isn't working, then we should try something else, which is, uh, and not isn't working, you know, it just hasn't um, maybe uh, gotten to where I would like it to be. Um, And I think that's a reason for change as well. It's a reason, you know, I'd like to gain fresh perspective. And um, yeah, you can't expect to do things you haven't done before doing the same things you've been doing so
0: what's your best time in the 100 freestyle long course
1: uh
0: 53.5 okay so one of the compliments that the Australian women get is that they're tall and they're um you know kind of they're all tall and fast and lanky and that kind of thing And, and then when I think of you as someone in that boat so it's like do you think fifty-two or even you know fifty-two low, where some of those Australian girls are at? Do you think that's a possibility for you? Are you thinking freestyle?
1: Oh uh, yeah, I'm thinking freestyle. Um, I'm thinking that's a possibility. Yeah, I see those girls, Kate Bronte, as as tall as they are, um, strong as they are. That's another goal of mine is to just get stronger to be able to do that because. There, I mean, if you see Kate also swim like an ISL, um, I mean, that's just like what I was thinking about uh, last uh, season. She's pulling like crazy. I mean, she's got an incredible stroke. It's like things like that, too. I think that comes with gaining strength.
0: Has that been a weakness of yours, you think? Like, uh, have you spent a lot of time in the weight room just emphasizing, you know, a season of strength?
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah, I mean, I'm in the weight room um, three times a week. Uh, but I think especially these, this season, I'm working a bit more on upper body things and yeah. strengthening.
0: Nice, nice. And you like pull-ups?
1: I don't like them. <laughs> but I do them, yeah.
0: What do you think are your strengths right now? Like, what, what are you really good at? I mean, obviously, underwater is uh, something that, Come a little bit natural to you? Is that is that correct?
1: Yeah, I I am super fortunate uh, for my underwater's and my kick. Oops, Um I'm super fortunate for my underwater's and kick to be um, where they're at because I think growing up throughout uh, club and like the basic basic kind of like um, foundation was instilled in me through club was Mm -hmm. my focusing on my underwaters and focusing on my kick. My strength is definitely my kick. Like if I'm uh, in backstroke, I'm kick dominant, Um, which is probably a reason why my short courses uh, been successful is because of my underwaters. Um, Mm -hmm. And that's what short courses changed to. I mean, you see Coleman Stewart going to 15 on every single wall, and he's Mm -hmm. gotten the world record in in short course meters. Um, But yeah, you do you only have one wall in long course and obviously, but uh, so yeah, I think but I, I don't think my kick um is any less strong long course. I just have to have my arms you know catch equally, up. To as
0: equally strong. Yeah. yeah. Uh, backstrokes one of those um, super competitive worldwide Races right now, the 100 back, mm-hmm. especially, but but even in America, do you notice the young girls coming up all around you?
1: Oh, yeah, I notice it every year, you know. Um, and that's I think what comes with sprint events, too. Uh, 100 fly, the 100 back, the 100 free are always going to be very competitive. Um, I've always had you know within tenths between my competitors, um, and I in that event, and that's that's what continues to raise the bar in swimming and that's what continues to push myself and i would assume my competitors as well and those who are to come that this is the level right now so let's push it again this is the level now let's go um let's try to make it even better the next time like that's just how swimming is going to be though you know so my events are competitive but so are um all other events I would, I would think sprint maybe yeah. events. Yeah. Like the men's hunter freeze like that too. So.
0: Listen, you've had a lot of success. Um, don't get me wrong. I mean, uh, your resume is super impressive. So in terms of performing under pressure, what is it about you that you have, that you do well when it counts the most?
1: Um, you know, I think that's been a learning process for me, um, in terms of pressure. I like to think, that I don't let the pressure get to me, but then at the end of the day, maybe it has. Like at Olympic trials, for example, uh, trying to make your second Olympic team and what pressures come with that. And have you really, you know, centered yourself and just uh, taken it one race at a time and just kind of balanced out your emotional energy? That's something I think that I um, am still learning about. Um, But in terms of pressure when it comes to racing in front of a crowd and feeding off that energy too is also something that i enjoy so i think it just uh depends and you want to try to find that sweet spot and the thing that works for you um but yeah i mean
0: we don't get many moments to do to to practice that right like in, in in a situation like uh like any normal olympics is a huge crowd but the olympic trials is a big crowd like there's not normally that type of atmosphere for us so do you do anything um, outside of the pool? Do you, do you talk to a psychologist or anything like that in, in terms of preparing yourself for moments like that?
1: Yeah, I talked to a psychologist after the summer and he was super helpful. Um, I have used uh, you know meditation apps and stuff like that to kind mm-hmm. of you know, focus in on the present moment and to not get overwhelmed by the external events around me. Um, but yeah, I, I still practice, I think, uh, meditation in a way, um, just with breath work and box breathing too, which I yeah. enjoy. Um, but I also think that one of the biggest, um, factors in success under high pressure situations is putting in the work to be, uh, to not have any questions when it comes to the big stage so it's like you know i did what i did there's nothing else that i can do in this moment you know mm. um so that i think is one of the biggest um kind of uh lessons throughout my career it's yeah when you take away like everything else and all these you know s- you know calm apps and stuff like that like if you put in the work there should be no question when you go behind the blocks swim angelfish
0: Swim Angelfish is an online certification program that strengthens your teaching curriculum to serve swimmers of all abilities. Swim Angelfish will prepare you and your instructors with the skills to teach swimmers with autism, physical disabilities, anxiety, sensory and motor conditions, and more. Learn to teach skills faster and with more comfort with Swim Angelfish. Apply for an only alpha pool product scholarship and receive up to 50% off your certification. Go to swimangelfish.com today to apply. Right, right. It's the it's the preparation that you ultimately fall back on, huh?
1: Yeah. I don't know how, um, what you think, like when you were swimming and stuff. like, Did you feel the same way?
0: Yeah. Look, you know, listen, I appreciate you asking that. Um, put me on the spot there. I had to really think now. Um, <laughs> you're right. Like uh, p- pressure is intense. And I, and I guess like you don't notice until sometimes you're out of it. Like when you're in it, you don't really r- notice that you're under pressure. You'll just be doing things yeah. and, and maybe from people on the outside will notice certain things that you're doing. But I, I did like, I, I I struggled to eat on race day. Like for me Mm -hmm. on on a big race, I'm not talking just generally, but on on big races where the pressure was on, I really struggled to eat. And so I had to like force food into my system just to get enough energy to be able to um, compete. Um, That that was always a struggle for me.
1: Same at Olympic trials Mm. uh, before the hundred free, I couldn't eat. Mm. Like everything like smelled like crazy. You know, my senses Mm. were so heightened. And uh, no, I was the same way. You just try to eat a banana, try to eat some Mm. sort of like oatmeal just to sustain yourself. But yeah, that, that pressure is, is high for sure.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Especially in in the sprint events when it's coming down to hundreds of seconds. Um, One of the things that I did that, that separated me, I guess, later in my career, when I, when I ended up um, swimming for Australia for a period of six years straight, um, I, I qualified for every Australian team for six years. And before that, I couldn't make an Australian team, but, um, and I tell people this all the time. It was this, um, decision that I made to, to, um, put myself in a winning position. And, and it's very difficult when you're dealing in sprint events that, that deal with hundreds of seconds for you to say that I've decided to win. Most people can't really fathom that, but you know, like I was always going into the race, hoping that, I hope I can finish first or second. You know, I had this, I had this hope. And um, when I made a decision to quit with hope and make a decision, like this is going to happen, I'm, I'm winning this race. And and I'm talking more on the, on the national side of things. You know, when I was, when I was competing for, on the Australian scene is like, I made a decision to win races and and it changes your mindset completely when you make that decision, you know, instead of saying, well, any one of these girls could win, you walk up to the block saying to yourself, I'm winning this race. Everyone else is swimming for second. And I think Mm -hmm. when you have that kind of um, shift in mentality, uh, it enables you to compete at your highest level, you know?
1: Yeah. I really like that. Yeah. I like that. It's like shifting from like hope to, like faith I guess you know faith just like the mentality switch
0: yeah exactly it's like you know you know you've done the work and you know you're good enough and and it kind of cuts out all those doubts you know in in the end of like I'm when you have doubt you have uncertainty you know and Mm -hmm. then when you have uncertainty you have um a real nervousness you know you don't you don't have confidence what I wanted to walk behind the blocks with was was just pure confidence and so I put myself in a mindset of like I'm winning this race and everyone else is swimming for second, you know?
1: Yeah, I like that for sure.
0: Yeah, it's difficult. i um, What about this? Um uh, something that interests me, uh, you know, you were one of the biggest stars in swimming, but you you chose a a sponsor, a swimsuit sponsor that may not be the biggest name, like Phineas for the outside looking in is like, well, you could have gone with a Speedo or an arena or um, a tier. But you went with Finis. Why did you decide to make that decision ultimately?
1: Um, you know, I made that decision because I felt, um, I felt very connected to that company when mm-hmm. I first signed, uh, I believe it was 2018. So I was fresh mm-hmm. off of graduating. And I believe we signed in like May or June mm-hmm. and, or 2017. Twenty seventeen. Twenty seventeen. Yeah. Um and so yeah, you know, it was uh it was interesting, you know, looking back too because they didn't have a suit that I uh was sure that I liked wearing. Mm.
0: Um
1: but yeah. they were very persistent in their promises that they're coming out with an amazing suit. And um I I stay I stayed you know I stuck mm-hmm. with that believed in that and they did they came out uh with their suits rival 2.0 um mm-hmm. and it's an incredible suit and I love it. I love racing in it and um yeah they just they definitely they support they have supported me you know for throughout these past 5 years now mm. um in such a in in such a great way that i i I just love them as a company
0: yeah well that's good i mean ultimately you've got to feel comfortable in your suit and it was just a to me just looking at that i was like well there must be something that she feels really good about this suit because i mean ultimately it's your that's your um you know the vehicle that's going to get you to where you want to be you've got to compete in that thing you know so it's got to be comfortable
1: yeah it's great
0: awesome awesome um what about the isl i mean you've had um, some incredible experience with the cali condors i mean it just seems like there's a lot of uncertainty now are you planning on swimming isl this next season
1: it's um it's hard to say The, the the differing schedules that have come out have been a whirlwind for the athletes um because, you know, obviously COVID year taught us to kind of roll with the punches. Whatever's going to happen is going to happen. And, you know, you kind of have to be ready no matter what. And that taught us that. And that's incredible. I think, um, uh, yeah, like I said, we're like ready for anything with that. But now with the schedules being so close, you know, it's like there's an ISL match that's supposed to happen beginning of June. Uh, the U.S. team is slated to like leave for camp. I think the following week or two after. Yeah. Um, and it's hard, I think, for myself personally, to um, have a short course focus as I'm getting ready for a long course meet. Mm. Um, maybe to others, it's no problem, and that's cool. Uh, but as I'm focusing in on on world championships, which I think the swimmers are also grateful that they're they're happening. Um, you kind of want to balance both because ISL was like one of the coolest swimming experiences that I have been able to be a part of. I'm so grateful that um, we had that opportunity um, to experience something so different and so exciting and so much fun um, for the sport. Um, But now with all the uncertainty with schedule changes and different rules and stuff like that, um, I think, the majority of swimmers that I've talked to are also uncertain.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And me too. I I've heard that from a lot of people. They're just unsure. And I think if that if that un- that uncertainty is there, um, what I fear is that the ISL will will go away. You know, because I agree with you. It's been um, incredibly refreshing to have a, a pro tournament you know that that real pro athletes can go to and compete at and um try and win titles and you know compete as a team but i also see where it's it's coming to a point where (laughs) no one's on the same page and no one really knows what's happening so it i'm fearful that the thing could just disappear and then we're back we're back to well what do we have for pro swimmers? you know
1: right yeah i know i mean Like, and I I totally can understand and see from ISL's perspective that this is, like, this would be the fourth year. And they're, I'm sure, doing the best that they can to make everyone happy and to continue it on. So, excuse me, by, like, you know, trying different things in order to continue its success is just, it's new to us, too. So we're just trying to kind of, like, balance between... Uh, something that's new, that's been so fun for us, and also something that's kind of steady with FINA. Yeah. Um, so it's an interesting balance, but, yeah, I mean, the team atmosphere of being in ISL, the best teamers in the world competing for this league and, and kind of going all in on it right from the jump. Mm. You know, that, I think, is a testament to how incredible ISL is. But now with the uncertainty of schedule changes and not people not being on the same page, it's like, yeah, it might be challenging, but I hope for its continued success.
0: Yeah, yeah, me too. Listen, Paris obviously isn't that far away, and that's going to be yeah. a focus, but, but L.A.'s in, in 28, is that a reality for you, you think?
1: I don't know, man. I'm trying to take it one step at a time. One minute at a time, you know? So <laughs> 2028, 20, how old do I just want to be like? 34? Yeah. That's, yeah. Who knows, you know? Um, yeah. Maybe I'll be um, an announcer in 2028. 20, maybe they'll let me behind the mic or something like that. I, I definitely want to, I definitely want to stay in the swimming atmosphere uh, for as long as I can. It's blessed me with so much. Um, but yeah, we're trying to do one meet at a time here, Brett, you know? So, yeah.
0: I was going to say that a bit, you know, I'm not asking you to be thinking about what you're doing after this, but is there any, um, passions outside of swimming? Is there, is there any plans that you'd have for your own life beyond swimming?
1: Um, not that I've thought of <laughs> thus far. Um, you know, I think in, in this sport, everybody's different. I think in any profession that you choose, any life path that you choose, I believe that um, you should be, um, have your focus primarily on that thing and that task at hand. Um, That's not to say you shouldn't have hobbies or, you know, like think about other things, I guess, but somebody's been in the forefront of my mind and I just... That's kind of where I'm at, you know, like, and I'm like too tired to have any any <laughs> other um, hobbies, I think. Like, <laughs> if I feel energy enough on a Sunday to go to the farmer's market, that's like a win for me. But I like to sleep, eat mm. and swim.
0: Yeah, no, I get that. Who, who takes care of your nutrition? How do you get the fuel that you need?
1: Oh, you're looking at her right here, Chef Olivia. (laughs) um, No, I have incredible um, uh, doctors and nutritionists that I work with um, uh, that help me kind of make sure that I'm balanced in um, the nutrients that I'm getting, the um, minerals that I'm getting. If I'm lacking in something, like let's say you do a blood work test. If I'm lacking in like iron or omegas or something like that, then I will supplement myself that way. But that doesn't come from me. I just, I cook for myself. Mm-hmm. And, um, but I definitely have amazing guideline and outline from the people that I work with, I'm able to work with.
0: Do you have a go-to meal that you like to cook?
1: Um, a go-to meal? I just made it. I made a breakfast burrito. So I'll put hash browns egg avocado greek yogurt tomato Mm. sriracha beans and then a go-to meal at night i'll do white rice as always like but you know the pre-made packets you can put for like 90 seconds in the microwave so easy Keep it simple. (laughs) keep it simple and like salmon and a salad i think it's like one of my just go-to's yeah
0: Well listen well i appreciate you doing this thanks again like i said yeah. it's been difficult to get the georgia and florida swimmers so you're breaking the ice for me and um hopefully yeah, we can open it up but um i appreciate that uh nice to get to know you more and then good luck in the future i'm uh, i'm a big thank fan you. and um thank you. success for you so good luck all right
1: thank you so much best of luck with this podcast it's awesome
0: thanks a lot all right um, yeah. stay there for a second sure thank Vasa has been the go to training tool outside of the pool for over 30 years. Vasa's products are ideal for developing power and proper technique in your swimmer's catch. Add a few Vasa trainers to your pool deck, and it's like adding an extra lane to your swimming pool. Go to VasaTrainer.com, use code BREAD at checkout, and get 10% off anything from Vasa. Destro Swim Towers. Gain strength in the water with a tower of power. Save $150 per double swim tower by using code BRETT, B-R-E-T-T, at checkout. Destromachines.com.